0: Press.com.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Money Talk. I'm Neil Kreisel and Diane Duvernay, are your hosts, every week right here on AM 1290, repeated at 11, and on Saturdays at 6. We're brought to you by Cornerstone Home Lending, whose highly trained and experienced team, takes great pride in helping people with home financing, offering competitive rates and a wide array of loan programs. American Riviera Bank, smart banking for smart people in Santa Barbara, at Figueroa and Anacapa Streets, and at Montecito's Upper Village. And Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm in Santa Barbara, providing its clients with the personal care and attention of a small independent firm coupled with the vast resources of a major financial institution.
2: Hi Neil, how are you doing on this Spine Monday?
1: I'm doing fine. Uh, we are in uh, one of the few safe places, both from uh, uh, looks like Corona and uh, violent unrest. So this is uh, certainly a good place to be if you have to be someplace.
2: I know. And we have with us today Clay Holdren, who's the proprietor and business owner of Holdren's Steak and Seafood, located on Santa Barbara's State Street. And Clay, welcome to the show. We look forward to uh, hearing from you after our articles.
3: Okay, great. Thanks for having me.
1: So the first article is from the Wall Street Journal, and the title of it is An Unlikely Hero for 1906. And the article is basically about uh, 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 Gianni, who was the founder of Bank of America. And uh, there's actually some lessons for today. And what uh, Gianni did is he had uh, $80,000 when he first started the bank, which was right before the great earthquake. And when the earthquake came, he ran and got all his money and he stored it in uh, his house. Uh, in San Mateo. And when uh, everything uh, came back to normal, not normal, but when it was safe to come back, he brought his $80,000 to the streets and put up a sign and said, uh, bank open, ready for business. And uh, told, uh, basically lent money to small people, small in terms of their wealth to help them get back on their feet. And and that was basically the story behind Bank of America. And uh, the the interesting part about this is, you know, his belief was that uh, the little guy was important and that the big banks were ignoring the little guy. And uh, at the end of the article, it it mentions, which we've talked about when we've had, in the last month, American American Riviera Bank on twice, that in this crisis, banks with at least uh, $50 billion uh, in, in assets uh, made only 37% uh, of the loans uh, that the Small Business Administration was uh, providing, where uh, sm- smaller banks made up the difference. So the smaller banks led the way uh, because they were more nimble. They had relationships with the small clients that needed the loans. Uh, and Uh, were very, very responsive. So, you know, the American Riviera and all the other community banks that did so well in the financial crisis in terms of helping the community, uh, in a sense, got its start from what happened in 1906 with Bank of America. And I I would suspect that Gianni uh, would not be pleased what Bank of America has become. But in the initial stages, it was like a community, a really small community bank.
2: That's that's a fascinating comparison of, of kind of where where things start and sometimes where, where they evolve to, despite their founders' you know
1: beliefs or, or um, goals. Uh, the next article is entitled "Hertz, the car companies, rental car companies, lenders brace for losses," and um, I mean this is really an astounding story. Uh, the the cars, the automobiles that Hertz rents. Um, was essentially backed by a holding company called Hertz, Hertz Global Holdings. Um, and they had a um, uh, uh, c- tremendous amount of debt to buy all of these cars. Right before the, the crisis, that holding company had the same credit rating as U.S. government bonds, which is outrageous. Wow. And you know, we talk about- It is outrageous. How the rating companies have been basically uh, compromised by the need to be competitive in order to get business. But you know here we have Hertz now bankrupt uh, two or three months after their uh, holding company had a credit rating equal to U.S. government bonds, really an incredible story. Uh, the next article is entitled, uh, When Your Lookalike Funds Don't Lookalike. And this is a really interesting story, and it, it basically gives some insight into the whole concept of how you mark to market or how you value assets. And um, the beginning of the article is really what the essence of the article is all about, and that is uh, if you own publicly traded real estate investment trusts uh, during March, the average uh, stock was down 21%. Uh, However, if you owned the TIAA real estate account, which was essentially exactly the same assets, you were only down 1.1%. And the difference is how different entities uh, create a value, net asset value, which in many cases can widely vary from uh, what the true value is, particularly when you're talking about unmarketable securities like real estate. this is true for private equity, particularly true for private equity, where you have companies that are valued every quarter for the investors, and they reported pension funds that own these private equity funds report their performance, yet the performance is based upon an estimate of what net asset value is.
2: You know, that is especially true in real estate investment trusts as well. It's really um, difficult for investors to understand how much their underlying investment is worth, especially in- in the cases of REITs where there are only certain times that you can get out of them. Oftentimes you're locked up for a period of time or there are only quarterly redemptions and when you make the decision to redeem, it may or may not be close to what it was purported to be.
1: Uh, This article is from today's Wall Street Journal and uh, the, 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 the title of the article says it all. It said, bankrupt in just two weeks. Uh, individuals get burned by collapse of complex securities. And last week we talked about some of these uh, uh, derivatives that were marketed to individuals. And this is a follow-up article that uh, gives some gives a face to the people that were burnt. And um, you know the article begins by saying there is no such thing as an investment that is both safe and profitable. And they are talking about uh, they begin with this investor that bought leveraged ETNs uh, that uh, essentially invested in mortgage in, in the mortgage real estate investment trusts. But what made it particularly uh, risky is that in order to get the return up, they had significant leverage. Um, and you know, one of the lessons here is that. Uh, uh, professional investors refused to buy this because they were so complex. And, you know, one of the great rules is if if the product is so co- so complex, you can't explain it to your partner, then you shouldn't buy it. But uh,
2: Well, and yeah. I th- you know what, Neil? I think that holds true for anybody. If you can't explain what you're owning, you should really think twice about buying it. It, it should be something that you understand, a company you understand, a, a, the way it's structured, something that that is understandable.
1: Well, that's why I'm not in the stock market right now. I I don't understand what's going on. You know, the world is coming to an end and the stock market keeps going up. But that's another story. Uh, But I was like,
2: that's a different understanding. It's (laughs) not so complex that you can't understand it. It's just contrary to what you think should be happening.
1: Um, Anyway, the the, the sad part of this article is that it ends with talking about, which is just, you know, tells you that it's not all the institutions. People do get greedy. Is that, a 78-year-old retired college professor, an engineer, and his wife uh, put their life savings in these ETNs uh, and um, lost everything. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it's I, I, you know, you don't know who to blame. In a, in a way, the institution shouldn't have been marketing this to them. They shouldn't have created these highly leveraged derivatives, particularly given 2008. But at the same time, people who are retired should not even be considering this just to simply boost yield. And because they could not have possibly understood the risk.
2: Um, well, and in today's interest rate environment where we are, we are at zero interest rates, you cannot be chasing yield. If you're chasing yield, you're going to end up potentially being burnt.
1: Uh, and therefore I'm not, by the way, I'm not chasing anything right now uh, because uh, my hair's too long and it will get uh, 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 all kind of windy in the wind. So I, I try not to. <laughs> hey, to but you
2: said you you have a haircut appointment. On I do. Thursday. I, I, Salon's are reopening meal.
1: I have. I'm very excited about that. So I can zoom with confidence after Thursday. Uh, you're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290, KZSP, and we'll be right back. <music>
2: Please visit arlingtonfinancialadvisors.com or call me, Diane Duva, at
1: 805-699-7300. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Cornerstone Home Lending. Since 1988, a mortgage banker and direct lender that believes in providing in-depth loan consulting, to its customers in a personalized and honest manner. And we can be reached at 805-564-1290.
2: Or you could email us at moneytalk1290 at gmail.com. So if you're just joining us, we have Clay Holdren with us, who is the owner of Holdren's Steak and Seafood, both here in Santa Barbara, as well as in um, Newberry Park. So Clay, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here.
3: Thanks for having me.
2: So now tell us a little bit about how you got started and, and did you always want to be in the restaurant business or is it something that, um, that you, you thought you were going to do something else and then you fell back into being in the restaurant industry.
3: Actually, when I was 14, I was working for my uncle in Galita at a, a little pizzeria and I told him I wanted to open a restaurant when I got older and he said, don't do it. You're crazy. So that's how it started. Um, and then I've been... So,
2: so I see you're like every young young man out there who someone tells them not to do it and you're like, gung-ho, that's what you're going to do.
3: <laughs> Sounds <laughs> yeah. like my son. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's how it started. And then I was working on State Street waiting tables and I saw a need for a steakhouse. Um, everyone, I would work lunches at a little Italian place and everyone would ask me where to go to get a good steak for dinner and there wasn't one. So finally, uh, we decided that... We're going to go for it. And I was 17 years ago. We just celebrated our 17th anniversary in Santa Barbara. And
2: congratulations. Uh,
3: yeah, thank you. And we opened Newberry Park five years after. So, Newberry Park's been there for 11 years.
2: Wow, great. So, now, um, how have you, how has Holdren's and you have been responding to this um, global pandemic of COVID 19?
3: it's been crazy it's been hard it's it's like they put a spoke in the bike wheel and everything fell off the bike and uh we had we actually started a a grocery business two days after it happened i sold uh, a lot of the products we sell at the restaurant to friends and family and uh that saved us basically um We're not really a takeout restaurant. People come to see us for an experience or a special occasion. And so we started this grocery business, and basically people would just drive up. A lot of people didn't want to go to the store, still don't want to go to the store. And uh, we would bag groceries, and they would drive up and put them in their car, and off they went. So that helped us a lot.
1: Did you take out one of those loans the government offered? (laughs)
3: I got both of the loans for both restaurants. Yes.
1: And did you have uh, any diff- difficulty understanding how to comply to make sure. I, th-
3: I still don't know the rules to be honest, <laughs> but yeah, and, that, <laughs> and now I'm hearing that they're changing them again for the PPP loan. They're talking about extending it, which is kind of crazy to me because we came up with a plan for eight weeks and now they're talking about extending it but we've already spent some of the money so it's just i'm not sure how they're going to forgive these things or what the rules are to be honest with you
1: but were you able to uh hire back employees
3: yes most of my employees came back uh although there wasn't a whole lot of work for them but they you know they all needed money so i i i helped them um some people decided because of the new unemployment rules that they would stay on unemployment because they're making they're making money on unemployment which um, I think might be a problem too to be honest with you
2: yeah I've heard from other um, small business owners that that has been an issue for for um, them to hire back their employees and many employees have not come back to work due to the Um, additional bonus money that has been awarded from the federal government in the unemployment um, lines. But it's good to hear that most of your employees did come back. Um, Now... Yeah,
3: I'm I'm having issues now because because of now we're open and now I don't have enough people because they extended the patio and I need more people. And so there's not a whole lot of people looking for jobs right now um, because of those rules. And so... I'm, I'm struggling with trying to get back open fully with the new COVID rules and have enough people to actually work.
1: There's sort of a, so- a double whammy you were hit with uh, because of the uh, incidence of COVID in meat, pa- in meat uh, plants, the price of meat has gone up. Uh, yeah, so
3: and- what happened was what happened was in the beginning there was a surplus because of all the restaurants closing and the price went way down. I saw the lowest prices I've seen since back in the early days. And now today, my prices are up about forty to fifty percent from two months ago, which is wild. Yeah, it's wild.
1: And can you ch- can you raise prices uh, to the customer, or is it not possible? Well,
3: we're already on the higher end. I mean, uh, at a certain point, you don't really want to. Um, I'm actually looking at different ways of trying to cut some of my costs to make up for that meat price. Um, I bought new tabletops actually today, so I don't have to use tablecloths anymore, which is a big So now uh,
2: that is a big expense. So now do you think that that cost of meat increase will continue?
3: According to my distributors, which I've spoken to multiple times, it seems to be about a one or two months jump and then they think that you know everything changes every day who knows right it's crazy i mean they say one or two months everything should balance back out but who you know who knows what's going to happen next week it's it's really really difficult to plan uh plan for and deal with it's hard it's been really challenging this is today will be my 78th day in a row of work just to keep the doors open
1: Wow. When, when when people have come back uh, to eat outside uh do they wear masks when they're not eating or do they take their masks off and uh, that's okay
3: well um there's rules and then there's enforcing the rules um you know I, i'm not sure who's out there enforcing the rules i try i, I have my health staff wear masks when people come in on the patio, they're wearing masks. When they sit down, they take them off. Most of the time, they leave them off. If they go inside, use the bathroom, they have to take them off or put them back on. Um, but the first weekend we were open, last weekend, it was like they let all the animals out of the zoo. It was it was pretty wild. Everyone, everyone wanted to just get out and eat, eat on the patio. So it's good that we're getting support from the community, but... We're getting people, a lot of people from out of town as well, because LA County's shut down, so they're coming up here because we're open.
1: But isn't that one of the real risks that uh, we uh, have gotten some really good publicity in the LA Times the last two weeks about? Not only is this a beautiful place, but it doesn't have much of an exposure to virus. So uh, people from LA, and, I, and I've heard that you know people are dining wearing uh high heels and nice clothing which means they're not locals uh and uh uh, you know is that you know forget about the business isn't that kind of risky that we're going to start becoming a place where people want to come from other places
3: yeah for sure 100 percent. and people aren't going to europe people aren't going on airplanes so they're going to drive somewhere and you know it's crazy because there's two different groups of people there's one side that's scared to death of the virus and wears a mask all the time, and then there's the other side that says, what virus, it's it's not real, it's not gonna do anything to me, and there's not a whole lot of middle ground, and then you mix them all up on a patio at a restaurant, and it's an interesting thing to see, really interesting. Some people are super nice and appreciative, and then other people, it's, it's tough.
2: So now, given that um, given that you've opened um, the patio I guess at, when we get back from the break we'll talk about what you've done on, on the patio and, and how you've opened it up to diners
1: in a safe in a safe way you're listening to money talk on am 1290 kzSB and we'll be right back <laughs>
0: Hi, I'm Jeff Devine from American Riviera Bank. All of our customers were once just like you, stuck with a bank that kept charging more for less. But when they finally made the decision to change banks, American Riviera Bank made the move easy with mobile deposit, online banking, free use of every ATM in the country, and a level of customer service that other banks dream of. Come in and make the move today in our downtown Santa Barbara or Montecito Upper Village branches. American Riviera Bank, smart banking for smart people.
5: the NLS Braille and Talking Book Program gives patrons the freedom to read their way, listen to their stories.
0: When I lost my sight, the only thing I had was reading, and it was like therapy to me.
5: NLS has uh, pretty much anything you'd possibly want to read. just can't recommend it enough. It's a free service. It's amazing how much you can get.
0: I have used every means there is, I think, of getting access to the National Library
1: Service books.
5: If you want to read in electronic braille, you can. If you want to read on your phone, you can. If you want to read in heart print, you can.
4: Everybody can read
5: the way they want to read using this program, and it's a program worth looking into. For more information about the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped Library of Congress, visit loc.gov thatallmayread may read or call one 888
0: nls Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you.
5: Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy.
1: But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I
5: need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit AARP.org slash caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
1: Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence.
2: So, Clay, now that the city of Santa Barbara has closed down State Street to um, vehicle traffic from Haley to Sola Streets, how has that been um, for your business and what do you, I know that we had had conversations in the past about your thoughts about how to transform or revitalize downtown. Do you think that that's a step in the right direction?
3: Yeah, it, it's, yeah. I mean, it's the best thing that, that <laughs> could happen. We've, we've, a lot of us have been talking about doing this for years and uh, we finally, finally got the city to agree to it. And it's been a complete 180 before this Uh, I used to comment all the time about why there's nobody on the street and what's going on. And now the past week and a few days that we've been open on the patio out there, it's like a whole new place. It feels a lot like Europe Um, and a lot of people are really enjoying sitting outside and people watching. It's It's a great environment, to be honest.
2: And so now, what are what are they talking about in terms of its permanency?
3: So uh, my understanding is that, uh, Labor Day weekend is what they've approved it until, uh, and then after that, uh, they're going to decide on the permanency of it. I believe.
2: So now, with with the outside dining option, did you have to apply for new permits or some permitting process to serve alcohol outside, or is has it? been a continuation of your existing liquor license
3: yeah actually uh it you need a special permit uh it's (laughs) the police department's been super helpful Anthony Wagner was great Uh, he actually helped us all a lot of us um, get the permit done Um, it's called a it's a catering permit for a sidewalk and um, if you don't have it you're in violation but uh, like I said, the police department was super helpful with all of us getting it.
2: That's great. And then, have you have you heard about the parklets that have been that have been popping up around town for the the restaurants that are not on State Street, taking over two parking spots or the parking spots in front of their business? How do you think that's going to help? And do you think that that will stay is here to stay as well?
3: Um, I've seen them. I, um, like I said, I've been working a lot, but um, I've seen them and I think, you know, there's still, like I said before, there's still a lot of people that don't want to sit inside and eat. And the more people we can get outside where it's a safer environment uh, for any sort of spread that would happen if, if it were to happen, I think it's a good thing for sure.
2: Now, are you seating people inside as well? Or just outside uh, of the patio? I'm
3: seating people outside only in Santa Barbara. And in Newberry Park, we just started seating people inside with social distancing rules on Wednesday.
2: And so far, has has it been working down in Newberry Park?
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said before, it's, it's hard because certain people... Um, are not as happy to wear a mask as others and we've actually had to turn some people away down in Newberry Park because they won't put on a mask to come inside the rule that sanitize your hands and wear a mask before you come in and um, and so there's people that have actually left and gone somewhere else because they won't wear a mask which um, that's fine, that's their decision.
2: Is, isn't that though the the state law at this point?
3: Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> okay,
2: just just wanted to check on that. That's I mean, what a whole yeah. that's a state of California rule. So yeah. now what have, what differences have you seen between the two communities, both Santa Barbara and Newberry Park, and how they're handling the virus and the restaurant industry?
3: Uh, they're very similar. Uh, there's a few different rules, but not much um, The The rules um, The rules are pretty much the same as far as the people and the customers we're seeing a lot more Tourists here a lot more locals down there a lot more people we know down there, which is makes it a little easier people are a little more understanding of the rules and, um, up here in Santa Barbara, there's there's some tourist activity which they're just out to have a good time for the weekend. And uh, some of them don't want to play, play by the rules, which, which is fine. Um,
2: well, that's, that's pretty much the demographic of Santa Barbara. If, if we were in normal situation, a normal situation in terms of um, life, we have a lot of tourism and where we live is a beautiful place. And a lot of tourists come up. Are you seeing a uh, more than usual influx of tourists given that LA County is closed?
3: The last two weeks, uh, I've seen more tourists than I've seen in a long time. Uh, a lot of LA, a lot of Burbank, Santa Clarita, people just coming in and and uh, just trying to get out of where they are because it's closed. And so they've been coming here. Gotcha.
2: So, um, so in getting back to the state street closure and, and, has the city announced what their what parameters or what key metrics are they going to use to measure whether or not this it was a success and whether or not it will be permanent?
3: They haven't announced anything, but I know they're going to want a lot of feedback. And you know, I've talked to a lot of people, a lot of my neighbors, and I know a lot of people in the business, and and everyone's super happy uh, with how it's going. And um, everyone in the community that's come down says it's great. They love it. They think it's, it's a, it's a huge step up from before. Um, And it's, everything's been great so far in my opinion. And, And I've heard a lot of great feedback. Like I said, it's, it's like sitting on the streets in Europe almost where everyone's outside dining in the cafes and it's a, it's a cool, there's a good energy down there. Everyone, everyone seems to be, most for the most part playing by the rules and um and enjoying themselves
1: you know it's and i know it's not rocket science there are so many places in the country and in california that have done this over the years and it's been a huge success uh and given the fact that you know state street didn't have that much vehicle traffic anywhere uh and people weren't coming to walk this is such a simple uh, obvious idea that uh Once I think it's been implemented, I would find it hard to believe they're going to stop it.
3: It would be really hard to stop it in my opinion, because there would be a lot of people that would be really unhappy with that decision. I think, Uh, I mean, I, it's only been a week, so I want to, I want to give it some time, but if it continues like it is now, it has been the last couple of weekends. I mean, before here's a perfect example before I've never, I tried to do a Sunday brunch and it, failed miserably I tried it for a year and no one no one ever came and and right now I'm trying to figure out how to open on Saturday and Sunday for a lunch or a brunch or anything because there's just people everywhere and it's a it's, it's a missed opportunity if you're not open serving people food and drinks down there
2: so now what I know one of the one of the um major complaints plaguing business owners along the state street corridor has been the homeless population and with the opening up the street have you noticed a change in in that demographic and what what is that what's happening on, on that front in the downtown corridor
3: so so I'm glad you asked because the past uh two months while everything was closed the homeless you know homeless had a hard time because there was no one to panhandle from there wasn't any trash in the trash cans you know and so we didn't see many and and to be honest, I've talked to some of the police officers who are walking downtown right now, um, and they're they're telling me, and I, haven't, I still haven't seen them. And they're telling me that uh, they're they're going to, they're seeing them on the blocks where there's no people, and a lot of these a lot of the homeless people don't want to deal with all the crowds. And so on our block, it's been it's been a huge boom for us as far as not having the problems that we were having in the past and um and it's been it's been great for us oh
1: that's that's great news yeah you're listening to money talk on am 1290 kzsb and we'll be right back
5: ...dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council.
3: Only you can prevent wildfires.
5: Are you ready to start and run your own successful business? Ready to grow your small business or home business? Women's Economic Ventures is a local nonprofit helping women start and build successful businesses. In addition to their highly successful self-employment training program, Weave offers services to help women succeed at every stage of their business, from startup and launch to building and sustaining a business, including individual business counseling, professional networking events, advanced business training, and small business loans to start or expand a business. Over 1,000 local businesses are now owned and operated by women who have taken part in programs and services. Whether you're ready to start up, launch, build, or sustain your business, Women's Economic Ventures is right here to help you make it happen. Call 965-6073 or visit weaveonline.org.
1: Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by American Riviera Bank. Banking makes your life easier with cutting-edge technology, mobile deposits, free use of every ATM machine in the country, and a level of service other banks can only dream about.
2: So, Clay, when I think about your business, and I think about the um, the level of profitability for you from food and then from beverages, I know myself, I've, I'm a patron of Holdren's. I've loved Holdren's since I've, since I've moved here in 98. Um, what are you, what do you see? What, what do you see happening in the bar scene? Are, do you, do you foresee maybe doing an inside outside bar in your front window or how, how do you think that that you can make that work?
3: So the rules, um, are that you have to, uh, get alcohol with food. So, that's what the rules say on the ABC license. Um,
2: so, meaning you can't just serve a drink. You ha- somebody there has to be a food order on every ticket,
3: With, the, with the beverage. Well, if you have if you're eating dinner or if you have food on your table, you can order drinks. Is what it, is What my perception of the rule is. Um, mm. And so, you know, I would love to be able to just serve drinks out front, but we can't do that. Um, and then a lot of the bars, like the James Joyce. Uh, across the street. They just serve alcohol. And so their role is they have to have a contract with a food provider to offer food to people in order to open. And so, like we partnered up with them and we're going to serve food over at the James Joyce to their patrons.
1: Uh, but uh, now, under, is, that, under, is that, is that. Under your name. Is, uh, you know, in other words, it's going to be that people there are going to think they're getting food from you or are you just doing it as a, as a wholesaler?
3: No, no, no. It'll be Holdren's food. It'll be our menu. Um, and it'll just we'll do it as a takeout type thing.
2: So now, w- will they be outside only or will they be inside-outside?
3: Anyone can be outside-inside right now. I mean, as long as you're following the COVID rules where you can't have people within six feet of each other and... You know all the other roles that they came up with. Uh, you can open up your inside right now. Like Joe's is open inside, I know for sure. I just haven't. Like I said before, I don't have enough people to uh, cover myself to open inside. So,
2: so really, if you're listening and you're looking for a job, contract contact Holdren's, and there are positions available. But, yes, uh, you know, and I, guess, sure. I think as we're. unprecedented um not since the great depression have we seen unemployment at at these rates i think that that will definitely um hopefully it will solve itself shortly now do you see that um the hospitality industry in general do you think it will get back to its pre-covid levels given what you've seen in the last week
3: uh yeah yeah it's going to take some time i think i think uh a lot of people have, like I said, there's a lot of people that are still scared. Um, we had a table this weekend that felt like their table was too close to another table, and so they asked to move. Um, and we're, you know, we're we're doing our best uh, to to keep as much space in between people as possible. But you know, some people some people are still skittish, and and to be honest with you, I'm I'm kind of waiting a couple of weeks to see where the numbers are before we open inside just because um we had a huge influx of tourists last weekend and uh it you know part of the thing is in my opinion is the virus is here we have to learn how to live with it right and if there's a spike then we got to make precautions and figure it out but if there's not then you know you still got to follow the rules and until there's until there's a vaccine then we'll see what happens. But even if there's a vaccine, there'll still be a part of the population that won't get it. So we, as a as a industry, have to figure it out. And whether that's you know more outside tables and less inside. I mean, our restaurant is, is really small, and a lot of restaurants are really small. We had a lot of tables close together, and we may have to figure out a different way of cutting costs and ordering. You know, people like right now, as, instead of a menu, I'm using a QR code. And, um, so I have a QR code for my menu and a QR code for the wine list. Every menu that I have has a different code. So you can, you can just take a picture with your phone and it pops up on your phone so that you don't have to touch all these different things when you're out dining.
2: Oh, that's really, um, that's, that's really interesting. So then you just touch your phone, you just touch your phone, you take a picture of the QR code and up pops the menu that you can scroll through.
3: Yep. Yeah, and people like it. I mean, I've gotten a great response from it. And people are on their phone anyways at the table. I mean, they're checking their Facebook and Instagram. They might as well look at the menu in between. So (laughs) it's uh,
1: it's, – One of the things you could do is create a really good diet system where you take a picture of the food and don't eat it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) There's an idea.
2: Yeah, the question is how much are people going to be willing to pay for that, Neil?
3: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's true.
2: No, but it's innovative ideas like that that I think it's going to help, you know, help the profitability of restaurants in general and also protect your your staff and patrons. Because if you're having a hard time, hire, you know, finding people to work at this point and your existing staff gets sick because somebody comes to town and eats in, in your restaurant that has the, the virus, you know, that's a double whammy. So the more and more you can protect your employees by not gathering the menus and putting them out there, the better off you're going to be in the long run.
3: Yeah. Anything we can do. I mean, that's one of my real concerns is that one of my employees is sick. um, And I've been very clear with them. If you feel sick, stay home. Um, But you know, we're up against a lot. I mean, restaurant business is tough. Quadrants are tight. um, And we, you know, minimum wage has been going up every year and it will supposedly it's going up to 15 in the next couple of years, which, is a pretty steep jump considering most of my employees are on that uh, level. And so, like I said, you know, no more tablecloths for us than soon. Uh, you know, other things, you know, just to cut costs and maintain some margin is what it's going to take and working a lot. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you got to work hard.
2: Now, within the Holderns brand, you also did a lot. You did quite a bit of catering, didn't you?
3: Yeah, not a lot, but we probably did one or two weddings a month for the past probably two or three years, and that's all stopped. That's that's stopped, and I don't know when that's going to come back because most of the weddings we were doing were hundred to three hundred people. There, um, are so,
1: there, there are several caterers in town that have completely changed their business model. Where basically they're in the delivery business now, um, which is which is you know clever on their part.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I have a lot of friends in that industry who um, are still kind of trying to figure it out. It's it's tough, it's it's really tough for the caterers for sure.
1: It's just so interesting about, I, I live in Montecito and uh, the description of State Street for this weekend does not fit to the description of Coast Village Road this weekend. Uh, and I guess it's a lot of, to do with age and fear. But uh, the, the, it's like we're, you know, five miles apart. But there's sort of a different vibe here in terms of willingness to, to go back to a restaurant.
3: Yeah, and we're seeing that. We're are definitely seeing the age dynamic. Uh, the, a lot of the older people are staying home. And and you know, to be honest, um, my, you know, my parents have been home for a long time. I mean, they're they're uh, the. the in the, that category where you gotta be really careful. And there's there's a lot of young people out and about who think they're indestructible and uh, they're out having a blast. And so it's, uh, it's an interesting mix of people for sure.
1: You know, you mentioned that in Newberry Park, uh, a couple asked for their table to be moved because they were too close. So I wonder if it was the same couple because they've been so, uh, locked up together, they wanted to sit away from each other. <laughs> you, gotta get, you, gotta, you gotta get her away from me. <laughs> I think we'll take. Now a tell break. us how you're
2: really feeling, Neil. <laughs>
1: right. uh right, you're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 KZSB, and we'll be right back with our final segment.
0: Hi, I'm Jeff Devine from American Riviera Bank. All of our customers were once just like you, stuck with a bank that kept charging more for less. But when they finally made the decision to change banks, American Riviera Bank made the move easy with mobile deposit, online banking, free use of every ATM in the country, and a level of customer service that other banks dream of. Come in and make the move today in our downtown Santa Barbara or Montecito Upper Village branches. American Riviera Bank, smart banking for smart people.
4: Respective homebuyers, one of the most important steps of the loan process is getting clear and honest information from someone who will speak plainly and truthfully about loan programs and options. I'm Kelly Marsh, Vice President, California of Cornerstone Home Lending, where a highly skilled and experienced team takes great pride in helping clients obtain home financing with honest, knowledgeable, fast, friendly, and efficient service. As a Santa Barbara native who has spent the past twenty years in the mortgage industry and has closed over four thousand loans, I'd appreciate the opportunity to earn your business and invite you.
5: Welcome to Garden Gossip, a breath of fresh airwaves. Hi, I'm Chris Cullen. I'm Lisa Cullen. And I'm Leanna Finley. We come to you live every Friday morning at 11 and Fridays at 9 p.m.,
1: Saturday mornings at 11, and we're streaming live at newspress.com. We'll have garden news. We'll have the garden tip of the week. It's time. It's time time
4: for Name That Plant. Oh,
5: yeah. (laughs) You're listening to Garden Gossip at AM 1290, the Santa Barbara News Press radio station. Well, until next week, be sure and fill your garden with joy.
1: Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence.
2: So, Clay, as, you know, Santa Barbara has continued to struggle with um, State Street and the decline of retail and with the COVID-19 um, virus and the shutdowns has really impacted retail uh very hard an already fledgling business, what solutions or ideas do you have for the city to help in that regard?
3: Um, well, what they what they did right now is a great start. Um, I mean somehow you have to make make it inviting to come down and wander around and you know spend some money I mean, whether it's eating or shopping or whatever, you have to make it inviting and for so long, there's this perception that it was dirty and run down and they were homeless everywhere. And now within a week's time, it's the place to be. And I mean, the other night we had a bunch of people on bikes that put uh, lights all over their bikes and were riding around in the dark. And it was a really cool thing. People were clapping and it was fun. It was entertaining. It was, you know, there's been musicians every day right on the side, right by our patio, and it's just the the environment is better, and that makes people want to come. And I think I think we're headed in the right direction in Santa Barbara, at least on Lower State Street. Like I said, I haven't had a chance to go up up the street much. I've been busting tables. One of the
1: one of the the issues though is uh, now that Nordstrom's is closing. And with Macy's already closed, um, the, the, one of the real attractions of going down there is gone. And it's not clear what's going to bring people down there, you know, at 1030 in the morning on a Thursday.
3: Yeah, and I, I agree with that. But the world's changed. I mean, Amazon has changed the world in the way people shop. And, you know, if uh, a lot of these big retailers are, are having a hard time and, we, you know, there. Some people are going to have to change the way they do business, and you know, people people still want to get out of the house. They still want to wander around. They still want to, uh, you know, they still want to sit on the patio and have a drink and an appetizer, and and it's just this environment down where we are now is great, in my opinion, and hopefully it stays.
2: And and so. So given that you know if in the fall we do get a second wave and it's and it it causes a slowdown, how did your takeout program um work for you and do you foresee yourself if if you have to shut down again if if would that be the course of business that you'd take did it did it work out in terms of keeping the business yeah. alive?
3: it would crush us i mean i I lost a ton of inventory um What I did was I did a $17 menu for our 17th anniversary and that um, got a lot of people to order takeout from us. There's not a lot of people who are going to order 30 and $40 steaks to, to take out. Um, So we basically cut the price in half. um, And uh, it was, you know, it wasn't on all of our items, but certain items and I would go back to that and, and just hope we make it through. It's just, You know, it's if that happens, it's going to be really difficult for a lot of people. I mean, I know a lot of people already who are having a hard time and I can't imagine a second wave shutting us down. That's that's one of my biggest concerns right now.
2: Right. Well, I can imagine because with the Thomas fire, when we had those the month of December that basically shut us down, what was that two years ago? You know, many businesses didn't make it survive through that. And so another wave of this could really be detrimental to small business in general. And especially hard for the restaurant business.
3: Yeah, we've had a we've had a couple of years here of some really tough times for sure.
2: Yeah, so,
1: we definitely has, have. So, so um, let's try to end this on a higher note. Uh, uh, Richard, when do you think um, we'll be able to go back to the studio again? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's
2: very helpful. <laughs> and he's giving us a hand signal of who knows. Who knows. Well, Clay, it was really great um, for you to, to join us today. I know you've been busy, so I do appreciate you taking the time out. And for all of our listeners, if you can make it down to Holdren's and order yourself up a steak and a much-deserved drink on the patio, sounds like it it, it would be fun and uh, an event worth taking the risk for. I guess that's the, that's going to be the new motto. Is it worth the risk or not?
3: Thanks a lot, you guys. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Clay. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Money Talk, and we'll see you next week.